Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to this special edition of the Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart, the Green Nonprofit Show. You know going green is the right thing to do for the environment and your organization, but budgets are tight and knowing how to get started can be a mystery. This show provides the practical advice on going green you and your colleagues need. While each week the Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart Radio Show provides advice on fundraising, board development, and social media, this special edition is all about helping you go green on a nonprofit budget. Ted Hart is without a doubt one of the foremost nonprofit thought leaders. Also a successful author, this show draws from experts around the world and his book, The Nonprofit Guide to Going Green, available on Amazon.com and at GreenNonprofits.org. Guests on the Nonprofit Coach, The Green Show, are leaders in their field who share tips and trade secrets for nonprofits. Ted lectures around the world, but now he's here for you. Remember, just like our weekly show, this is a live call-in show. Add your voice by calling 347-324-3080. After the show, you can find all our podcasts at tedhart.com. Just click on radio. Don't forget to dial 347-324-3080. Now, welcome the host of the nonprofit coach, The Green Show, Ted Hart. And welcome uh, here to the Nonprofit Coach. As the announcer said, this is our very special The Green Show, and even more special today that we are beginning the celebration of Earth Day 2012. Now, we're starting early uh, this year because we want to make sure that you've got all the best tips and information on how your nonprofit organization can do the right thing for Mother Earth and can become part of of Earth Day 2012. So our page two expert today, when I get to uh, page two, uh, is Franklin Russell, who is the executive director of the Earth Day Network. He will be here live on the nonprofit Coach of the Green Show to answer your questions and to bring you up to date on what is happening around the world for Earth Day 2012. As always here on the Nonprofit Coach, we always start with Page One News. And before we start with Page One News, just to remind you that all of the radio links are available at tedhart.com. Click on Radio Links, and because this is The Green Show, you'll also find all of today's links over at greennonprofits.org. Click on Resources. With that, it's time to head on over to Page One News. Over here on Page One News, you'll find that the folks over at Convio have released the sixth annual Convio Online Marketing Nonprofit Benchmark Index Study. 
Um, online fundraising continues to grow. In this study, they found 73% of organizations are now raising more in 2011 than they did in 2010. That's great for organizations. And online growing continues, uh, giving continues to grow fastest for small organizations. Wonderful news over in this new report for 2012. Check it out, and you can download a copy of the report for free. Follow the radio links today at tedhart.com. Next up here on the Nonprofit Coach here on April 10th, 2012, I'm coming to you live from the offices, the national offices of the Charities Aid Foundation of America. You can find Charities Aid Foundation of America at CAFAmerica.org. Next up here on page one news comes to us from Inc. Magazine. Over at Inc. Magazine, you will find the six habits of true strategic thinkers. Now, these are people who anticipate, think critically, interpret, decide, align, and learn. Read through this article. It's very well written and gives you some good background on how you might be thinking more strategically for 2012. Next up here on uh, the the Nonprofit Coach, it's always a pleasure uh, here, particularly when we uh, have our uh, green show, uh, to welcome here to the Nonprofit Coach the Executive Director of Green Nonprofits, Spring is always a great time to start thinking about becoming a certified green nonprofit. Welcome here to the Nonprofit Coach, The Green Show, Diane Peach. Hi, Ted. Nice to to talk to you. Hey, Diane. Always great to have this partnership with green nonprofits and to uh, have this special edition of The Green Show. Now, this is April is Earth Day month. Uh, We're coming up on the celebration of Earth Day 2012. Why is this a particularly good time for charities to really start thinking about possibly becoming certified? Well, it is uh, it is the spring, and it is uh, a great time to to green your nonprofit. It is um, a, you know a great program. Um, it's uh, it's uh, fresh, and this is a great month to start as it's Earth Day month, and um, and we all need to be uh, um, conscious of the environment. Now, you mentioned that it's fresh. I know that Green Nonprofits has updated the certification uh, process. You can go to greennonprofits.org and click on certification. Can you just tell us a little bit about the certification uh, program itself? Well, uh, uh, as you know, um, a green nonprofit is a smart nonprofit when it runs successfully, so while protecting the environment which sustains our economy. Uh, by assuming a leadership and environmental stewardship role, green nonprofits will reduce solid waste disposal and promote recycling, become energy and water efficient, purchase products that are less harmful to human health and the environment, minimize pollution, contributions to the environment, help improve indoor air quality and reduce smog formation. So in an effort to recognize and certify outstanding nonprofits and promote their services, green nonprofits has established this program. So, you know, as you said, you go online, you click on the certification application to uh, greennonprofits.org. It's a 100-point system. It runs on an honor system. Um, So, you know, uh, a lot of um, organizations already, you know, I'm sure have uh, points already that they need to just get uh, credit for. That's true, as you pointed out. Now, I'm... uh uh, as my listeners know, I've uh, just recently become the CEO of the Charities Aid Foundation of America. So we have started the process of becoming a certified green nonprofit here uh, for this 501c3 organization. Um, and I know that when we first started out, I think we were able to identify about 50 
or 60 points that we had already earned because there were a number of initiatives already going on here. And I think at this point with staff and the work that they've been doing, we're, we're at about 72 points. Now, I understand uh, once we get to 100 points, we can submit our application uh, for review, and if we meet the criteria, we would then become certified. Um, so uh, I, I'm, I'm becoming you know, even, even more of a user of the system, even though I've been a fan of, uh, of the certification process for quite some time. You outlined a number of, uh, of benefits, so I do definitely want to uh, encourage um, all of my listeners today to be in contact with, with uh, you at greennonprofits.org uh, to uh, even just uh, read about and check out the certification process or, as you mentioned, now might be the time to actually start earning those points. Now, Diane, my understanding is there's no charge whatsoever to use the website or to start uh, the process, and there's just a small nominal fee when you submit your application. Uh, so, of course, there's no obligation whatsoever. Right, right. So it's a great tool to use. You can go through the certification um, you know, process, you know, and as I said, a lot of organizations already are doing a lot of this. They just need to get credit for it. And then when you uh, get to 100 points, then we review your application, and it is a small, it goes on your budget size, it's a small fee, and then you uh you can become certified and you know and join the uh unique global group of superior organizations that are already certified. Well, keep up the great work over at uh, Green Nonprofits. Thank you so much for this partnership on the Green Show. I'm certainly uh, uh very um uh inspired by the work of Green Nonprofits and appreciate uh, all the work that you folks uh, do over there. So, uh, Diane Peach, Executive Director of Green Nonprofits, thank you for joining us here on the Nonprofit Coach, The Green Show. Thank you, Ted. So uh, back here on uh, Page One News, you'll find over in Page One News uh, from Marketing Sherpa, uh, email marketing delivery rates increased from 60% to 99% by separating inactive subscribers. This is a case study from Marketing Sherpa. You can read all about it, how you might be able to improve uh, the delivery rates of your newsletter. And, of course, using e-newsletters is an important way for you to uh, continue on the path to green your organization. Always nice to uh, bring new folks here on uh, on the Nonprofit Coach Show. Um, I want to uh, introduce here Dan Porensky, uh, who is with uh, One with the Earth Project. Uh, Dan, uh, welcome here to the Nonprofit Coach, the Green Show. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Now, Dan, one of the uh, important things, and I want to learn a little bit more about One with the Earth Project, but over in our radio links today, uh, folks will find uh, a link to your free conservation echo stickers. Um, tell us what those are for. There are six different stickers. They're waterproof, and they're designed uh, for people. They're free. All you need to do is send in a self-addressed stamped envelope in the form that's on the website. And the subjects are please turn off the lights, please don't waste paper, please don't waste water, please don't litter, um, and, please, and please recycle. And these um, are I give away, and people use them in their offices, in their schools, in their homes, in order to put them where people are making decisions. In other words, you put the please don't waste paper on a paper towel dispenser, and it works. People put them up, and it reminds everybody who's going there, do you really need that much paper? Do you need the paper at all? Same thing with the lights. The people tell me that when they put these stickers up on the light switches, um, they find that the lights are turned off more frequently. 
Well, this is just a, a terrific service, and of course, those little reminders really can go a long way for all the nonprofits uh, today that uh, uh, are listening. Um, they actually can earn two points towards certification um, if they use your stickers um, and they put those up in their organization. So a really nice partnership uh, between Green Nonprofit Certification and the One with the Earth Project. So, Dan, what is One with the Earth Project? That is, it started out as a concern that I had a number of years ago when I realized that this happened to be at the same time that my grandchild, my first grandchild was born, that um, the earth is undergoing tremendous stress and there is, we are, we, all the environmental concerns are really part of one overarching concern and that is, is that we're depleting earth's resources and degrading them faster than nature can renew them. And that the state of the environment is going downhill. And I, when I realized th how the significance of this and how big the problem was, and, and add climate change in there and, and food shortages and overfishing, you begin to realize that future generations um, are at risk. Not more at risk, but they ha things, have to, things have to change. And so I started doing my research and getting involved with organizations around the country and finding that there was really not a clear vision as to people stating, there was not a clear statement as to what the overarching problem is and that all the different organizations and different concerns are components of that one overarching program. They're not separate. Climate change isn't separate from preserving uh, animal than, than preserving fish or um, uh, farmland or forests or anything like that. So I said, well, if there's if there's one overarching problem, you really need to galvanize the public around it. What are we doing? And what came to and I found out there was a lot that could be done and needs to be done, and it wasn't being done fast enough. So I I said, why isn't there and why isn't there a unifying symbol that in, infused into that symbol and embedded into that symbol is a meaning that says humans have to reshape their relationship to the environment. If we don't reshape it, it's going to continue to go downhill. And if all of the, all the uh, organizations and all the groups and all the individuals who have that understanding and want to get that message across to the population were to use a simple little symbol, um, in not to, not it, um, it would be subordinate to any other symbol that they have, any identification logo they would have of their own, but it would just be like the peace symbol. The peace symbol doesn't replace anything. It just, when you see it, it has a meaning. When you see, um, uh, when you see the Statue of Liberty, it has a meaning. When you see a gay rights flag, it has a meaning that is that builds with exposure and with understanding. And there is no symbol for the environment, and that really surprised me. And so I designed one. It's a simple one, and it's. I and don't that's think the, uh, the logo that folks can uh, can see at uh, at that same site. And it's the logo that uh, is on your your free Echo stickers. Yes, and it's, don't think of it as mine because it's not mine. I, I just put it out there. I really want no credit. I want no recognition. It's just if you have a better one, use it. But currently there is no one symbol that somebody can put on a piece of jewelry, that somebody can um, attach to their website, that somebody can put on a brochure, that when somebody sees it, it says, this the person who put this out or the person who's wearing this understands and is concerned and hopefully is doing something about it. 
Well, like terrific. they would if they would. On your website, uh, when folks uh, follow the radio links today at tedhart.com, you actually have a formatted Word document that they could uh, print uh, these stickers and add them to their postal mail and things of that sort as a way to draw attention uh, to the environment. Uh, what, a, what a great opportunity to uh, chat with you today and to draw attention uh, to the work of One with the Earth Project. Dan Perensky, uh, keep up the great work, and thank you for joining us here on the Nonprofit Coach, The Green Show. Thank you very much for having me. My Next pleasure. Uh, up here on uh, the Nonprofit Coach uh, is uh, uh, another uh, wonderful article from Mashable. As you know, Mashable.com I consider to be one of the smartest uh, websites uh, uh, around, and they're providing for you today six ways social media can bring your next event to life. Of course, social media is another green strategy to cut down on paper and invitations. Uh, this is a, a great step-by-step uh, -step, uh, opportunity for you to learn how to use social networking uh, to promote your special events uh, for your organization. Next up here on, uh, on the, uh, the Nonprofit Coach is a very special new addition uh, to the Nonprofit Coach. Uh, many of our listeners may uh, remember uh, a couple weeks back we had Eva Aldrich here on the Nonprofit Coach. Uh, she was here specifically to um, uh, announce or for us, give me an opportunity to chat with her uh, and congratulate her on becoming the new president and CEO of CFRE, the Certified Fundraising Executives International Organization. Uh, we have now uh, partnered with CFRE to bring uh, once a month here on the, uh, the Nonprofit Coach. Uh, Eva Aldrich will be joining us with what will become known as the CFRE Minute. Eva Aldrich is here. Uh, Eva, welcome here to the Nonprofit Coach on this very special edition of The Green Show. Thanks, Ted. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's uh, great to have you here with this inaugural edition. So uh, take it away. What's in the CFRE Minute today? Well, first of all, in uh, keeping with the theme of the show, I just wanted to talk about a couple of things that we are looking at at CFRE International to really make our own efforts more green. Um, one of the things is really using electronic communications and social media to do a better job of communicating with our CFREs and potential CFREs, um, including being a presence on the CFRE International Network on LinkedIn. And I'd just like to say a real word of thanks to Garvin Maffitt and Mark, Mark Hindle, the uh, coordinators for that independent group, uh, for really making it, I think, a really special means of communication and a very green one for us to really keep in contact and have a good dialogue going with our CFREs out there. Uh, the other thing that we're taking a look at here is how can we use technology not only to be more green, but also to give our certificates and, and a better experience. Because um, as anyone who is recently certified or, or recertified knows, um, right now we've got a pretty paper-heavy process in terms of applications ne needing to be printed off and mailed in. Um, so right now I'm really excited that we have just started a review of our technology so we can really see what can we be doing to give people a, an easier experience and, again, be more green by you know, really limiting the amount of paper that has to go back and forth. Well, that's, um, a, that's a wonderful initiative, uh, CFRE, and definitely in keeping with uh, the green show here. Uh, we think it would be wonderful if CFRE were to become a green nonprofit uh, itself. Uh, any particular plans that you have uh, for Earth Day? 
you know, I think just continuing that technology review, uh, because one thing I, I would say with that is, as anyone who has done one of these things knows, it's, it's a long process just because you want to get things right. Um, so I hope to be able to report back to you on next Earth Day that we've succeeded and that we've really been able to uh, make things green at CFRE. Well, what a great uh, goal to uh, to set uh, here as we celebrate uh, Earth Day and Earth Day Month uh, here on the Nonprofit Coach to set a goal that in one year's time uh, to hopefully uh, uh, have uh, all of that in place at CFRE.org. We encourage all nonprofit executives who are listening today to become uh, certified as a fundraising executive. And, of course, we encourage each of your organizations to consider becoming a certified green nonprofit. Eva uh, Aldrich, uh, President and CEO of CFRE International, thank you for joining us today for the CFRE Minute, and we'll catch you back next month. Thank you. Appreciate it very much. And uh, just one more thing, if I could, for anyone sure, of who is going to be going to the North American Youth Development Officers uh, meeting in Pittsburgh, please look for us there. Oh, wonderful. Oh, that's terrific. Uh, give us that one more time. If folks are up in Pittsburgh, when is that taking place? That is going to be, uh, I believe it's the 25th through the 27th um, of this month. So the North American Youth Development Officers meeting in Pittsburgh. And we'll also look forward to seeing our friends uh, uh, down under in uh, the uh, Fundraising Institute of New Zealand conference in May. Oh, that's terrific. Well, anyone who uh, wants to get a chance to meet Eva Aldrich uh, in person, those are a couple places that you will find her. And, of course, you can get all the questions uh, that you need answered as you think about becoming a CFRE. Thank you again for joining us here on the Nonprofit Coach, Eva Aldrich. Thank you, Ted. It's a pleasure. You bet. Take care. All right, uh, wrapping up here on uh, page one news. Now, I do think, or at least I hope here on the switchboard, I have uh, an important article that I want to share with you, but I, I'm uh, looking for Marnie Webb. Is that uh, Marnie, are you there live with us on the Nonprofit Coach? I am. Hey, Marnie, a great article over in the radio links today from the Chronicle of Philanthropy. Uh, you were quoted in an article, an alternative to the .org, say hello to .ngo uh, or non-governmental organizations. I wanted to uh, bring you on here because, of course, you are one of the foremost experts in technology for nonprofits, uh, heading up, uh, co-heading up the group non or TechSoup uh, Global. Uh, welcome here to the Nonprofit Coach, and what can you tell us about .ngo? Well, I mean, I think um, right now, you know, it's still very much um, in process. Um, and I think it's it's more something to pay attention to at this point than it is something um, that has a lot of defined substance. And, and I, I mean, the domain name obviously has defined substance, but the, 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 the key thing to pay attention to is how uh, an NGO will be certified to be able to use the domain extension. And I think so that... Will this be something that that potentially – now, this has not officially been launched, right? This is still no, 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 no. development? Right, right, right. Okay. Right. And this is something that potentially, at least the theory is, this would be more policed uh, than .org has become. The, the idea is that the, it would be um, a reserved domain for organizations that actually are NGOs, where .org you know, has come to mean more I'm, – I'm not a business, which right. is slightly different from being a certified NGO. It could so be an similar to like a it. .gov or a .edu, exactly. you can exactly. just go and register. Exactly. Exactly. Those are reserved. Exactly. There is a, there is a standard uh, for you to be able to register those. 
Exactly. And I think the question is how is that, the question to me anyway, is how is that standard going to be policed and be recognized? Because different countries have different ways of, I mean, one part of the issue is that different countries have different ways of identifying an NGO. So how are you, how is a registration sort of sensitive to that? Um, there are many good efforts that for whatever reason don't get registered in a, in a given country, but 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 might be considered to have very philanthropic and community-based aims. How are those considered? Um, and then and then how do you do it over time? So typically, um, one buys a domain name in, in in the span of years, right? So I can go in and I can buy a donate donate domain name. Sorry about that for okay. two years or pay. three years, but but I may not maintain my um, NGO status for that long. So if, um, as, as a user of the web, if I think that .ngo means that it's really an NGO, how do I know that? How do I know it still has that status? I think those are all things that can be worked out. Right. And, and what's and, the self-profit but, but, but I think it has to be course, part of a community then, then conversation. How close do you get to be corporations who may have a philanthropic intent but are also businesses? Um, you know, th those questions could come in as well. A ab absolutely. So I think it's... You know what's what's the gatekeeping device? How is it sensitive to the needs and desires of the community and the fact that the community is shaped differently in different countries? And then how do you manage it over time? How does again, if part of the intent is is, is transparency, showing that these organizations genuinely are NGOs. You know, if, if I've had the domain name, if I, if I was validated three years ago when I initially bought the domain name, how do you know that I still? Ha how does a user of the web know I still have that status? Right, right, exactly. Well, a terrific article. We've provided a link to that over in the radio links uh, today at tedhart.com, uh, uh, coming to us from the Chronicle of Philanthropy. We've also, Marnie, provided a direct link for folks who want to learn about TechSoup Global. So there's a direct link there uh, today. Real quick, what is TechSoup Global? We're a nonprofit organization that's based in the United States. We do work in about 42 countries. We help identify NGOs around the world, understand their technology needs. Based on that understanding, we help get them stuff. Um, a lot of the stuff we get them is donated and discounted products from major corporations. Um, but we also get them answers to their questions via webinars, articles. We do workshops and communities. We do a variety of things to help connect them to the products and expertise that they need. Once, once we, we know them and we help them get the tools that they need and the people that we need, we help them optimize their use of their technology so that ultimately they're not just working better and more efficiently, but they're actually able to use technology to help transform the way they're delivering services within their communities. That's uh, really terrific and important work. Of course, we've had several of your uh, folks uh, not only on uh, the Nonprofit Coach Radio Show, but also we've done full uh, green technology shows here with you folks. So uh, wealth mm -hmm. of information over at TechSoup and TechSoup Global. Marnie Webb, thank you so much for being my guest here on the Nonprofit Coach the Green Show. Thank you. Have a good day. You bet. Uh, wrapping up here on uh, page one news, uh, it's just a reminder that uh, you'll find over in the radio links today, the 2012 Digital Marketer. This coming, comes to us from uh, Experian, and this is a benchmark and trend report that you can download. 91% of today's online adults are using social media regularly. Uh, find out how you can connect with those, and 28% of smartphone uh, owners watch video on their phone in a typical month. These are important trends for you to know and certainly uh, tie in very well with our Earth Day theme 
uh, for today. Um, so with that, uh, we're going to uh, head on over uh, to page two news. <laughs> On page two today, we have Franklin Russell, who is the director of Earth Day, previously served as the assistant director for Earth Day 2011. Franklin's ties to the environmental movement are rooted in his work as an environmental activist in college and his work as a farmhand for an organic strawberry farm. Prior to joining the Earth Day team, his previous positions included business manager of Red Fox Farm, admissions counselor at Goucher College, of which I was an instructor at Goucher College at one time, uh, so we have uh, some connections there, and the director of intramural for uh, Goucher College and program, a program that he founded in 2007. Additionally, Franklin has worked with former U.S. Congressman Tom Allen and member of the U.K. Parliament, Chris Hume. Uh, Franklin um, has a bachelor degree from Goucher College. He is live here with us. Uh, and is uh, the executive director of the Earth Day Network. Thank you for joining us here on the Nonprofit Coach, this very special Earth Day show. Uh, Franklin uh, Russell, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Ted. Glad to be here. Franklin, this is uh, important uh, work that, uh, that you are doing, and I just want to remind uh, all of our listeners that uh, you can ask questions over in the chat room today. I see a couple of folks over in the chat room. You can also email me your questions at Ted Hart at tedhart.com, or certainly we always appreciate it when someone uh, can call in and ask their question live at 347-324-3080. Franklin, let's start off with um, how did Earth Day get started? Why, why do we celebrate Earth Day? Sure, great question. So Earth Day originated actually back in the 60s. It was a concept kind of drawn up from a young senator at the time from Wisconsin, Senator Gaylord Nelson was frustrated with all of the environmental degradation he saw around the U.S. when he was going around on his speeches and talking to folks about politics. He, he would continually see gas guzzling, big cars. He would see waste thrown on the side of the highway and was really disappointed with, this, with the state of the environment all around the U.S. So at the time, there were a lot of Vietnam protests going on. He, his dream was to create a movement and to create, hopefully, a holiday that would inspire folks to start to take better care of the planet. So the idea came about in the late 60s for Earth Day, a day in which folks would come together and would teach each other about environmental issues, colleges would hold teach-ins, and folks would come together in rallies around the country to talk about issues. At the time, they, they didn't really realize that it was going to catch on, the idea, but they had a, a really great organizer at the time, the, a young man by the name of Dennis Hayes, who worked with the senator to basically infiltrate every single campus around the country and every single community and to start talking about the idea of April 22nd being this day for the earth where folks would come out, show their appreciation for their planet, and demand laws to protect it. Um, at the time, they I think they anticipated a couple, maybe 100 events and a couple of thousand participants, but on April 22nd, about 20 million Americans came out, took to the streets, people to held teachings on campuses, folks everywhere came together and called for action. At the time, that was about... Franklin, a, that, that was the very first? Uh, that many people came out for the very first Earth Day? Correct. So at the time, that was about a fifth of the U.S. population came out in support of the environment, which 
I believe is, is the largest protest that has happened uh, in terms of uh, proportions. About a, a total of a, a fifth of the poor population came out on that day, which is astounding. That's, so, that's incredible. Now, what, now, fast forward now to uh, Earth Day 2012, which is coming up on April 22nd. And now we've asked you to come on the show today as a, a special favor, which we very appreciate you coming on uh, to talk about the Earth Day Network and the and the work of your uh, of your network, um, specifically because we wanted to give time uh, before April 22nd for nonprofit organizations who are listening today um, to start planning what would they do. So what are what are the plans for Earth Day 2012, and how can nonprofits do their bit? Sure, good question. So I think the, the really the big thing about Earth Day nowadays is the fact that it's global. It went international in 1990 and is now celebrated in about 192 countries around the world by, we estimate, about a billion people. So it's the largest secular holiday in the world. So it's a great platform to engage not only members and supporters but communities around environmental issues. And it's a great opportunity for NGOs to put forward practices or put forward resolutions or commitments to improve their own infrastructure or to help green the organization and their members. So some of the things that we're working with partners on are Earth Day events around the world, whether it's an event in the community or an event at just the office itself. Folks are organizing events in Malaysia. A group over there is organizing a waterfall cleanup called Save the Waterfalls, working with local kids and the local community to pick up trash. In Mexico, we're having a series of Earth Day festivals in schools, and the schools are featuring environmental songs throughout the day and through the week, as well as educational activities, lesson plans, forest fire prevention, talks, recycling uh, seminars, things of that nature, so that folks can learn about environmental issues. In the U.S., the same thing's happening. We're having large Earth Day events. Some of our partners are throwing events in San Francisco, Dallas, St. Louis, Columbus, everywhere. Now, there's something very special happening or that you're planning in Washington, D.C. on the National Mall. What's that all about? Sure. So we're having actually our flagship Earth Day event on the National Mall. It's going to be happening on Sunday, April 22nd, which is Earth Day. It's going to run from 12 to 7 p.m., and it is going to feature some of the the most well-known speakers and environmentalists of our age, as well as some musical acts, some celebrities, and politicians are going to come out and speak on the National Mall. It'll be a very iconic setting. There'll be a, a large stage that'll be set up on Ninth Street with an open backdrop to be able to see the Capitol. And we'll have hopefully 100,000 people come out. In 2010, we had a similar event, had 250,000 people come out. We had Sting come back then. We had several other large bands. And we're hoping to have a similar event this year. Well, speaking of big numbers, uh, Franklin, um, when you go to earthday.org, which, of course, folks can go directly there, or we've also provided a link um, at uh, tedhart.com in the radio links and also in the links over at greennonprofits.org, click on resources. Um, Please uh, tell me, because it looks like you're approaching a very important number, what are the billion acts of green? And it looks like you're at about 911 million. Uh, so you're approaching uh, a billion acts of green. What does that mean? Yeah, it's a very cool campaign. We actually launched in honor of the 40th anniversary of Earth Day, which was back in 2010. And the idea behind the campaign is to celebrate and inspire the individual and organizational initiatives that folks take to benefit the environment. 
all around the world people are recycling, people are biking to work, people are in offices, they're installing renewable energy or they're they're investing in efficient light bulbs. And they're doing all these little things for the planet, but no one's recognizing those efforts. So we created this campaign to bring together these actions and to show the world that people everywhere are doing their part and that it's a really important issue. So we started about two years ago, and to date we've collected more than 900 million acts of green. And our hope is to hit a billion by Earth Day this year. So we're we're asking everyone, individuals, organizations, governments, everyone, to come to our website, www.earthday.org, and pledge an act of green, something simple like maybe washing your laundry in cold water or committing to biking to work once or twice a week to doing little things like unplugging your chargers when they're not in use and things of that nature, things that will help reduce the world's carbon footprint and help educate people about environmental issues we see as acts of green. And we're trying to collect a total of a billion by this Earth Day which we will then take and present to world leaders at the United Nations Conference on Sustainable Development in Rio de Janeiro this coming June. Well, this is, so so uh, it looks like you're you're going to come very close, even if you don't make a billion uh, by April 22nd. But you do have very specific suggestions that that uh, of things that people can do. What are what are some of the more common uh, acts of green that someone might pledge as part of this campaign? Sure. So we've had a, a lot of folks actually become vegetarians over the past two years. So hopefully that doesn't cause any rifts in families. But a lot of folks have switched to vegetarian or even veganism during these last two years as an act of green. Other folks, a lot of folks have tried to plant a tree or do something like build a garden in their backyard. A lot of other folks have also decided to bike to work twice a week. Just a small thing, not not possible for everyone, but it, it's a, a great way to help reduce your carbon footprint. Um, yeah. Other individuals. Well, one of the things that we encourage, and I see that this is a, a an act of green that people can uh, can pledge as part of the green nonprofit certification program for nonprofit organizations, is to do an energy audit. Um, and uh, to do that at home or to do that at the offices is also one of the acts of green that you recommend. Absolutely. Energy audit is, is, a, is a great opportunity for folks to evaluate their own carbon carbon footprint and, and see how they can help improve and cut on energy costs. And if folks have the opportunity to take advantage of that, it's it's a great active green, and it can not only lead to, lead to great savings, but it can also lead to a really great environmental impact. Now, what, um, what are some of the other things that might be done by a nonprofit organization, uh, things that are sort of centered around either the, the work that they do or the offices that they have? Sure. So folks are doing a bunch of different things. Some, some organizations and nonprofits are holding little expos where they're inviting local companies and businesses to tell their employees about what they're doing to, to green their facilities. Um, to help hopefully learn best practices from their from their peers, whereas other folks are uh, encouraging staffers to attend local events. There are events taking place all over the world, as I mentioned before, and you can actually find them on our website, earthday.org, and they are sending their staffers out there to try to learn about issues. Um, other folks are encouraging them, their staffers to start pledging acts of green themselves, and some of them are even organizing competitions amongst their different departments. Um, and other folks are trying to actually put together sustainability plans. So trying. But what is a sustainability plan? 
Well, sustainability plan can depend on the size of the organization and really the the scope of um, the work that they might be able to do. But essentially, it is a plan to help green the organization through infrastructural changes and through staff educational opportunities. So some folks are installing energy efficiency appliances or light bulbs. Other folks are working on investing in renewable energy. Uh, right now there are, are numerous opportunities and there are grants that are available in some different sectors that will allow you to actually pay off the the installation costs within five to ten years. So good so, to, uh, uh, to check with your local governments or your state governments and find out if there are incentives to help stretch your dollar uh, Franklin, I, I believe that we ha we do have a caller for you. If you hold on just one second. Uh, caller, you're here live on the Nonprofit Coach, The Green Show, with Franklin Russell uh, and Ted Hart. Um, what's your question? Hi, yes. Um, well, my name is Claudio. Um, thank you so much for having me. Big time listener. I'm really excited about Earth Day this year in Washington, D.C. Um, I'm in the city, so definitely excited to participate. But I do have family, um, you know, around the rest of the country, some family in Connecticut, some family out in California, who may want to get involved in Earth Day um, out there, what, what's the best way for them to find out about events that are happening in their area? Great question, Claudio. This isn't just a Washington, D.C. thing, is it, Franklin? That's correct, yeah. Earth Day is happening all over the world. Thanks for the, the question, Claudio. We are asking folks to do a couple different things. Well, first off, let me, let me say that our theme for this year is Mobilize the Earth. The theme is kind of uh, based on the fact that over the past year or so, we've we've noticed that people all around the world are a little disgruntled with the way things are and are looking for change, whether it's Arab Spring, the Tea Party movement, Occupy Wall Street. Folks are, are looking for change, and everyone really loves the environment, whether it's their backyard or hiking or the park or the, the pitch that they play sports on. Everyone loves the environment. So we're asking folks to let's take that next step. Let's mobilize for the earth. And we're asking folks to pledge an act of green everywhere, individuals, organizations, and governments, to pledge an act of green something that they can do in their day-to-day -day lives that they can commit to that will help benefit the world's carbon footprint and hopefully improve it. Um, in addition, we're, we're encouraging folks to attend the local events. So I know that there is a large event in San Francisco in California. There's also one in San Diego. There's one in L.A. There's one in Sonoma. There's one in Santa Rosa, Sacramento, Davis. Pretty much every, every city in California is having a large Earth Day event. Franklin, how uh, how can uh, folks uh, uh, find those events? Where 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 could they see, find a listing, perhaps? Good question. So everything can be found on our website. We we have a toolbar, events toolbar that pulls all of these events all around the world and actually has a a IP address locator that will pull up events in your area once you come into the site. So the URL for that website is www actact.earthday.org. If you go there, you'll be able to find events that are happening in your community, and there are a ton of events happening in Connecticut as well. You'll be able to join one and hopefully help us mobilize the earth and call for a sustainable future this year. So these uh, acts of, uh, of green, uh, these, these pledges that people make, are, are sort of uh, a gift to themselves, a gift to their local community by uh, doing your bit as one individual. Yeah, it's almost like a, a resolution for the earth. It's like a New Year's resolution, but it's for the earth. 
That's terrific. Uh, uh, Franklin, we're going to uh, just take a, a real quick uh, break here. And uh, when, uh, when we come back, I was wondering uh, if you would uh, please share with uh, our listeners today uh, what happens after Earth Day? Is, is this sort of a one-day thing, a one-off thing, or uh, what, uh, what happens after that? And we'll be, uh, we'll be right back after this reminder. Remember, our podcasts and archives are always available 24 hours a day at tedhart.com. Click on radio links. If you're listening live today, the phone lines are open. Call in and ask a question by dialing 347-324-3080. Now, back to The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart. Uh, Franklin, we're, uh, we're back. Um, what happens after Earth Day? Great question. So every year Earth Day happens on April 22nd, and then we've got a whole year to wait. However, this year there, there's something that's coming up in June that is really quite huge within the environmental community and really within the international community that is directing a lot of our attention to it, and that is the United Nations Conference in Rio de Janeiro, which is on sustainable development. It's a once-in-a-generation conference. The first one was in 1992. There was one in 2002, and there's one now this year. And really, it's a conference for world leaders everywhere to come together and to discuss environmental issues and how we can move forward on building a sustainable future for the planet. So in 1992, this really sparked, again, the environmental movement and worked into the Kyoto Protocol rule of the law that a lot of countries signed on to. The U.S. did not, unfortunately. But in June this year, on June 21st and 22nd, there will be a similar conference happening in Rio de Janeiro where world leaders will come together and discuss the next steps that we need to take in order to secure a sustainable future for our planet. So what we're doing after Earth Day is once we mobilize the planet and we get these millions and millions of people around the world to come together to share their voices, we're going to hopefully take that one voice that we'll put together and all these acts of green, and then we will go to Rio de Janeiro and we will present the accomplishment of a billion acts of green to world leaders and we'll show them that people everywhere are doing their part for the planet and that it's really critical that we take some kind of action to protect our future now by investing in renewable energy technology, by investing in energy efficiency, and by doing the small things to protect our planet at home. Now, Franklin, let's, uh, let's go uh, focus back on, on our audience uh, today. I mean, you have this global conference, um, which, you know, hopefully is, is going to do what it's done in the past, and that's sort of reignite people's interests uh, in the planet, in, in the environment. Bring that home for a charitable organization might even be a smaller organization that has a small budget. Um, is there anything they really can do to be part of that, or is this really for bigger organizations? Well, actually, the the conference is really for anyone and everyone. They're strongly encouraging all members of the civil society to participate. So now, if if an organization is really small and doesn't have the funds to travel, they they can try to participate from home. But most organizations, if they do have the opportunity, should probably come to the event. There are expected to be about 50,000 people who will be in Rio de Janeiro for the event. And they will have exhibiting space. They'll have opportunities for networking. And really, it's a chance for NGO leaders around the world to come together and to talk about their own vision and their own work and work together with the local uh, leaders and then also the world leaders to hopefully develop policy ideas and plans for the conference itself. So how can NGOs participate, though, who aren't able to make it? 
well, if they aren't able to make it and aren't able to get accredited for the conference, they can work on mobilizing their own audience and activating their network of supporters to let their leaders know that we want some kind of action at this conference. So, you know, sending out Facebook posts, Twitter tweets, and any really maybe a blog or something like that that they'll be able to find on our website and other organizations that will hopefully galvanize the environmental movement once again and will, if we get enough support, will lead world leaders to adopt some kind of international policy to protect our future and to protect the planet. Now, so so one of the things that they can do is, is actually urge their governments to to support or to, to become involved. Help, help me understand, you know, from uh, different countries and from different perspectives, how might someone do that? Good question. So the conference actually will have representatives from every country. However, only, I believe, about 110 countries right now have committed to send their president or the, the official leader of their country to the event. The U.S., as of right now, has not um, has not done that. So Obama is not going. However, he is sending someone in his stead. So what a lot of folks are doing is they're asking the leaders of their country to take up the call and to go themselves and to be represented at the conference. So to find a full list of, of which leaders are attending the conference, you can go and check it out online. There are a couple of different places on our website as well as National Resource Defense Council and a few other organizations have lists of all of the countries who are participating and which elected leaders are going to be there. So every country will will be there in some capacity, but we want the elected leaders, we want the, the presidential figures, we want the prime ministers to be present because if those leaders are there, there's a, a, a much higher chance that we will get something really prominent to come out of the conference and hopefully an immediate action plan that will be implemented within the next couple of years. And what do you expect um, your organization's role to be um, in the conference? We will be going to announce the billion acts of green achievement, hopefully, and hopefully trying to work with other organizations and other nonprofits to unite our voices and to call for a couple of key things at the conference. A lot of different folks are working on different projects. Um, one of our projects is we're working with uh, the global organization Tick, Tick, Tick to support to embrace renewable energy for all. And so we're going to be going there to ask for investments in renewable energy technology, energy efficiency improvements, to ask for energy to be made accessible to everyone and to start cutting out fossil fuel subsidies. So those are the four pillars we'll be working on come Rio. And you, and so and you bring the voice of, uh, of a billion uh, uh, acts of green coming uh, coming with you. Um, what are some of the initiatives that are going to be taking place between now uh, and Earth Day to move those numbers? So what we'll be doing is we'll be working with our, our partner organizations around the world. We've got about 20,000 partners in pretty much 192 countries. So we'll be asking them to send out Facebook posts and tweets about, about Earth Day and encourage their members to submit acts of green. And we'll be reaching out to local governments as well. Uh, and trying to get them to ask employees to participate and really try to just get the word out there, let folks know that this is happening. And we're pretty confident if we do that, we'll be able to get the support that we need to reach a billion acts of green. And, and uh, so coming back to uh, green nonprofits um, specifically, um, helping organizations learn from your experience, what are some of the things that you would expect 
of charitable organizations in the United States and around the world? Sure. So, you know, one of the things I think a lot of folks are doing, which I think is is really great, is trying to get staffers to do something on Earth Day, April 22nd, for the environment. So you know, whether it is a commitment with this Billion Acts of Green program or whether it's attending a local event, an Earth Day event, um, or even just, as I mentioned, looking at it, their sustainability plan as an organization and seeing what small things they might be able to make to improve their own uh, sustainability at the, the company itself or the organization itself. There are, there are tons of things that we can all do to really make small differences in our lives that will reduce our carbon footprint and together will make a, a large difference on the, the climate emissions, I'm sorry, the, the carbon emissions and really our climate in general. So I'm, I'm looking at uh, some of the work that uh, that you do, and of course, uh, folks can uh, join you in the Billion Acts of Green and, and join you in your work um, at EarthDay.org, and that represents the Earth Day Network. Um, in thinking in terms of your network um, around the world, you do everything from education to promoting greening uh, to creating this network. What are some of the priorities that uh, that you have? Uh, specific to the 2012 Earth Day. Good question. So, I should I should mention that our our mission as an organization is to to grow and diversify the environmental movement. The original Earth Day was all about educating the people in America about environmental issues and inspiring people to join the movement. As a result, we created the EPA back in the 1970s and passed several several bills, the Clean Air Clean Water Act, and really created a movement. So. This year, for 2012, we're trying to do something similar. We're trying to get folks to to teach others who aren't aware about environmental issues and to help grow the movement by talking to someone who may know a little bit about um, sustainability but isn't really sure about it. So, you know, telling them about what you're doing for the planet and encouraging them to do one small thing or maybe a couple of things and then telling them about what you know. And if you do those things and if we work on educating folks and if we work on each doing a little bit of action ourselves, the the implication will be enormous. And we will really be able to start to influence change not only at a local level with government, but also on a personal level with our own day-to-day actions. And in, in, uh, in doing that, now I just want to jump back to some of the things that you noted as accomplishments in the past, the, the creation of the EPA and and standards uh, for water and things of that sort, those, those seem to be under attack right now. Is, is, is 2012 about protecting what we have, or is it about moving towards the future? I think 2012 is about making environmental issues, once again, uh, prominent within public discourse. We've seen over the past couple of years that environmental issues have started to take a backseat for world leaders, for, for local leaders here in the U.S., and for really for a lot of folks and that's it's a bit disheartening for for people like me who are really invested in the environment. So, I think in order for us to really to protect sustainability and to protect our planet and to move towards a sustainable future, we need to make environmental discourse again at the center of all conversations when it comes to creating laws and when it really when it comes to education. It it should really be discussed. I think everywhere we've we've only got. Uh, one planet, and it's it's best to do the best we can to protect it and to make sure that it's available for generations to come. 
Well, I certainly uh, agree with you, and I think that every nonprofit organization listening today, uh, regardless of where they might be uh, located, um, have not only the opportunity to make a difference, but uh, really an obligation um, as uh, a member of their community uh, to make a difference. So how do we all come together with this voice? I, I noted on your, uh, on your website, um, and, I, and I'm guessing that uh, it's some, some, uh, a bit of a rallying cry for you, um, where you have the bumper sticker that says, it's the green economy, stupid. Um, where does that fit within the sort of the rallying cry for Earth Day 2012? Well, that's a good question. That actually uh, was an idea that uh, one of the folks on our team had. It was from uh, a quote back in the day, it's it's the economy, stupid, and it was uh, trying to take a, a funny twist on that and, and bring in environmental issues um, and to, to joke that really now the, the environment is really about its uh, the green economy. I'm sorry, the, the economy now is really the green economy, and that's our future. Um, so there, there are a bunch of different ways that uh, folks can get involved, and that's just kind of a, a fun way to, to remind folks around the year that environmental issues are, are important and to stay engaged. Um, there are tons of different, there are tons of different ways for folks to get involved. I think the, the best thing to probably would do would be to come to our website EarthDay.org, check it out, learn about 2012, learn about the theme Mobilize the Earth learn about some of the, the many great campaigns that we're doing in communities, whether it's with the athletes community, the arts community, the faith community, the schools around the country and around the world, or some other group that you might be interested in. Come to the website, earthday.org, backslash 2012, and learn about it, and hopefully you can join the movement, and together we will unite the Billion Acts of Green, we will pull together all of the events that we find, and we will show world leaders that people everywhere really do care about the environment. And we'll try Craig, to look very quickly, in just a few moments that we have left, I'm just wondering, what advice would you give to someone who's listening today, who believes in everything that you're, that you're talking about, wants to become part of it, but, uh, but find some resistance either with their administration or with their boards of directors? A couple quick tips that you might have for overcoming those objections. Sure. So, so within organizations, uh, I think the, the the big thing that that a lot of folks are able to use as to, to persuade their directors or whatnot to to get on board with the program is to look at the financial benefit. The financial benefit of going green is really it's undeniable. If you look at energy savings and other other issues uh, like like health issues, you you'll find that pretty much across the board that going green will benefit the organization financially. And I think for a lot of folks that will hopefully provide the necessary incentive to, to take action. There is usually a large startup cost, but quickly within, as I said, five to ten years, you can oftentimes start growing and that becomes an investment and the money will come back and you right. will... But wouldn't you agree, Franklin, that there's a lot of things that people can do that don't necessarily have to cost a lot of money? that they can take baby steps before they make big investments. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a, a good theme. Franklin uh, Russell, Executive Director of the Earth Day Network, before I let you go today, um, how can folks uh, connect with you? How can they learn more from you? Of course, we've already provided a link in the radio links today uh, for the Earth Day Network. But how can they connect with uh, Franklin Russell? Sure. Well, anyone's more than welcome to send us an email, Team at earthday.org, or you can shoot me an email, my personal email address at the, at, at the organization, russell at earthday.org, R-U-S-S-E-L-L -L at earthday.org. 
We are getting a ton of email this time of year, so I apologize if I don't get back right away, but I will be looking forward to your emails, and I will respond as soon as I can. Well, extremely important work that you uh, for the Earth Day Network. Um, why don't we uh, round out the show here today by just telling us, how will you be celebrating Earth Day? Good question. I will be on the National Mall at our flagship Earth Day event here in D.C., and I will be helping organize the event throughout the day and, and sitting backstage and making sure everything goes according to plan. That's terrific. Franklin Russell, Executive Director of the Earth Day Network, thank you so much for being our Page 2 expert here on the Nonprofit Coach Green Show. Uh, thank you for joining us. We'll catch everybody back here next Tuesday at 12 noon for the 10th anniversary of Charity Navigator. Catch you next week. You've been listening to the Nonprofit Coach Radio Show with Ted Hart. Tell all your friends to check out our production schedule and download our iPod and iPad-friendly podcast at tedhart.com. Thanks for listening to the Nonprofit Coach. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.